You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. The BC Lions owe me 100 bucks. They know it. It's been said <laughs> on Twitter, and they refuse to acknowledge it. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football bring you the latest in CFL news and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hook! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Curra with Brazilian Ty, and Ty, I guess you changed camps over the weekend and in the process Mm -hmm. had quite the weekend. Um, yeah... Well, quite the Saturday. Well, Sunday was nothing to write home about. That was a disaster in and of itself. Um, I didn't unpack my room until like 4 p.m. on Sunday. <laughs> Man, you, you get the craziest hangovers. I, I, what brings those on? What, four or five beers? Uh, 12. <laughs> uh, draft beer. That is the key so, word. Yeah, so my I was feeling no pain, uh, and probably somewhere in the neighborhood of ten to eleven shots. <laughs> it's funny because I feel about the same recording it, whatever time it is in the morning. Well, last week when we recorded, there was sunlight in the morning, and now weird. My birthday, summer's over. We don't have any sunlight yet. <laughs> I was going to ask, is it, is it the smoke or is the sun literally not up where you are? It's not up. Oh, whoa. Yep. Well, I mean, it could be it could be the mountains, but... Yeah, all right, well... It's, it's not up. All the best wherever you are. Hope you are safe and sound from the wildfires seemingly happening kind of all over Canada right now. This episode of Tune Out is brought to you by the Calgary Foundation, proudly supporting community needs for 65 years. Empathy, kindness, generosity. We are united in our desire to give, to inspire hope, and transform the lives of people who are struggling in turbulent times. And the Calgary Foundation is here to help. From mental health programs to environmental causes, the Community Knowledge Center website features profiles of charitable organizations, all searchable by area of interest. Be inspired by compelling stories. Be informed of innovative work. Be responsive to the needs. To connect to hundreds of outstanding charitable organizations serving our community, visit ckc.calgaryfoundation.org. To learn more about the Calgary Foundation, visit calgaryfoundation.org. Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right. The BC Lions home for the first time since October of 2019. The Edmonton Elks are in town and the Elks... Now, four-and-a-half-point underdogs. The over-under set at 46-and-a-half. Ty, it seems like uh, the under has been hitting a lot lately. Uh, It hit every game last week. Wow. Yeah, not great. 
<laughs> You've had some faith in the over, haven't you? Uh, I have, like an idiot, figuring, oh, Hamilton will come out swinging. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that turned out. Yeah, yeah, that that turned out very well for Ticat fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rick, Rick Campbell, head coach of the Lions, this is uh, intriguing here. He's going to be very familiar with Jamie Elizondo's offense uh, uh, in mm-hmm. Edmonton. They worked together in Ottawa, won a Grey Cup in 2016, uh, and Edmonton didn't win, win all three matchups with BC in 2019, obviously, the, the coaching staff of both teams, quite different than that season. But things have flipped here, Ty. If if we would have talked, you know, two and a half, three weeks ago, Edmonton might have been heavily favored going into this one. But for the first mm-hmm. time since 1966, both Alberta teams are 0-2. <laughs> To start and what the happened? Season. What happened at the end of that season? Hey, the Saskatchewan Roughriders hey, hey. winning their hey, first hey. Grey Cup. <laughs> yes. Excellent, excellent. Now, after BC's win against Calgary in Week Two, all mm-hmm. of a sudden things looking a little bit different for them, doesn't it? Uh yeah. Mike Riley in that first week when he didn't get the start and then came in in that second half, he did not look good. Last week, he starts the game and looked like a totally different quarterback. He like, did. He was able to throw the ball down. He was able to throw the ball downfield. Passes were a little tighter. Depth chart to the side. Uh, he came in and, and did what he needed to do. And like they said, it, this, his elbow his elbow issue is not, is not going to be cured by rest. He has to you know, use it, uh, and, you know, limited in practice Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, but still probably getting some reps. He'd be listed as a starter. If he's going to play like he did against Calgary, I just don't see a reason why, uh, they can't go on a really good run. I'm guessing that he's going to be limited the entire season. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's going to be great. (laughs) But week two was tough because, Mm -hmm. Everybody hyped up the Canadian quarterback getting another start in Nathan Rourke. Um, he he had some nice plays against Saskatchewan in week one. Everyone thinking that he's getting the start and then Riley comes in. So, yeah, a lot of people yep. think of the BC Lions playing games here. It, it's a different situation if I think if they say he's a game-time decision, instead of straight up saying Rourke is the starter, if Riley's a game-time yep. decision, fine. Then he's your start. Then list him as the starter. Yeah. He's, he's obviously could be good enough to go. Um, the line is set with those depth charts on a lot of sites. Like There's, there's a couple of sites where you can't get lines until the, you know, the day of the game. Right. Waiting for depth charts to come out. Uh, you know, I... I couldn't make any changes because I found out too late. Everything was locked. Pick'em was locked. I'm like, well, this is great. It looks really bad, especially when you have a, a partner, an a online partner now with Bet Regal. That has to be cleaned up. Sorry, it does. I don't I don't care that you know people say they don't have to worry about it. Well, they do when it starts affecting revenue, and it, and it makes the t- it makes the league kind of look wishy washy. That that just didn't sit well with me. 
the BC Lions owe me 100 bucks. They know it. It's been said on Twitter, and they refuse to acknowledge it. <laughs> it's a crucial stretch for the Lions here. Didn't have a mm-hmm. win against a Western opponent in 2019, but they've already got one. If they beat Edmonton here, they've got the home-and-home home with Ottawa. Coming up, things could look pretty good in Vancouver. All of a sudden, they're third in the West. Right. <laughs> you know what? For this game, I'm looking to see if the return game is in an area where the mm-hmm. Lions can burn Edmonton. The, yep. The Elks are last in punt return yards given up. Seventh in kick return yards. It's uh, been like this for six years it has been the more things change the more they stay the same yeah. in Edmonton and that goes the same for a lot of areas of their game uh, Mario oh uh, Mario Alford burning them for an 86 yard punt return touchdown uh, mm-hmm. for Montreal last week maybe maybe the Chris Rainey show is uh, gonna be a pretty fun one to watch tonight Averaging 11 point dreams career, 11.5 against the Eskimos. Well, I mean, he puts up decent numbers, but if they're if he gets a if he gets on, on the offense at all, I mean, those numbers could go up if that cover team looked like it did uh, against Montreal last week. Well, and he had seven touches on offense against Calgary, five returns. If they're if he's going to get the ball, you know, double digit times uh, every week, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that might present some value. He's still pretty cheap. He's under $5,000 on yep. CFL Fantasy. And you talk about the quarterback being an area to watch for the Lions. Running back, probably a one to watch on the depth chart as well because Shaq Cooper was a healthy scratch in week two. James Butler couldn't really get anything going. He, he is nicked up a little bit as well. Cooper might be able to get into the game here, and we'll see mm-hmm. how that running game uh, changes for BC at all. It, it's something that they do need to get going for Michael Riley. Yeah, and, and Cooper and Butler both uh, full participants Monday and Tuesday, uh, according to the practice reports. But like you said, you know, a little nicked up there for James Butler. But if they can establish a run, I mean, you have Brian Burnham, Lucky Whitehead. I, I wouldn't say he's come out of nowhere, but... He's he's putting up receiving numbers, which you know we saw a little bit in Winnipeg, but nothing like this, where he is a bona fide piece of that offense. You know, Lamar Durant, Dominic, like they have the receivers there, and if the running game is, if they can establish a running game early, that's going to open up so much for those receivers, and you know, in turn, Michael Riley could have a big day. And you know, after week one, we didn't think we'd be saying that anytime soon. <laughs> there, there was a bit of a run when Riley was with Edmonton where uh, the leading receiver in the league would uh, be at the end of Riley passes, and it looks like mm-hmm. a few of those guys are going to be happening this this year. I, I don't know how you can stop Brian Burnham. You can't. <laughs> that... you, you have to take penalties. That's, that's it. You have yeah. to haul him down at the line. It's like it's like trying to stop it's like trying to stop Randy Moss in that fifty touchdown season for Tom Brady. It couldn't right. be done. Right. Yeah. I, I I get I get it, man. I get it. He's uh he's something to watch and uh, he'll want to put on his show back at BC Place. Mm-hmm. I I think BC deserves credit here because their defensive line was an area of struggle. Uh Ooh. 
<laughs> to say the wow, least. Wow, you're so polite this morning. <laughs> in 2019, now they've they've turned the whole thing upside down. They were getting after Calgary. Mm-hmm. They had four interceptions against the Stampeders. I realize that has to do a lot with how Bo was feeling with his injury, but th- the defense has been able to come together in a hurry, and that is very interesting to see considering how much change there's been so much turnover and you know we talk about that all the time how the teams that have the least amount of turnover seem to be the teams that succeed but here we are you know they're not totally stopping the run but I mean they're keeping their team in it I mean first half against Saskatchewan all that aside they're not letting teams take they didn't let a lot of teams take or a lot of a lot of plays you know be big ones Mm-hmm. Like they, they snuffed a lot out. They're they're winning the battle line of scrimmage, and you know, they're they're one and one. Yeah, they probably could have been two and zero. Oh. Uh, you know, they almost won that game in Saskatchewan, which is a a joke, <laughs> if you ask me. <laughs> the way that that game played out, but yeah. I mean, if this if this defense keeps playing like this, there's like I know that. Winnipeg looks like a juggernaut right now. Saskatchewan's two and zero, but BC could host a playoff game. If the defense keeps going like this, and you know Mike Riley, his elbow gets better, like they say with with the more use and and the the, the offense they have. Like I mean, the West could be a schmozzle in the top three, and you know the bottom two teams could go two and twelve. You know that's that's the crazy thing because only yeah. fourteen games this season, and, and and that's what makes this situation dire for the Elks. I mean, I don't know if you it's... you got to turn this around. I don't know if it's must-win territory, but here we go. They had a nice position to open the season with two home games, one against Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Montreal would have been tough. You would have at least hoped to go one-on-one because now they're in Vancouver, then they're in Toronto, and then all of a sudden it's Labor Day in Calgary. And, and I know uh, things yeah, enjoy. are... Enjoy. <laughs> things are looking... Yeah, a little bit different with Bo Mitchell on the sidelines for mm-hmm. a while. But three three games on the road, that's not a nice stretch, and they're not in a good position for that right now. No, if they lose this game, then they have to. They have to win the next four, or they're done. Right. <laughs> the urgency in a 14-game season is wild. You, you start 0-3. You're so and if Winnipeg and Saskatchewan start three and zero, right? Good luck. And, and like like you said, like yeah, Calgary looks different. Well, we thought that when they started Nick Arbuckle too, and they were still able to to squeak out some wins. So they were. I mean, who knows? And you you saw Nathan Rourke them. He was able to almost lead his team in a comeback in week one. Who knows what O'Connor's going to bring? But you can't take that game like that. Those two games against Calgary are going to be probably. You know, if they're at if they're a game below or two games below, they they those games are going to be the biggest ones of the season. Those could end their season. Receiver Armani Edwards is in danger of missing this game for Edmonton. He's got a knee injury mm-hmm. going on. He missed practice Monday, limited on Tuesday. I wonder if this means more uh, opportunity for Tavon Smith. He finally got onto the field yep. against Montreal. I shouldn't say finally; it was only week two, but he had five targets. 
they're going to need to protect Harris. They've already given up seven yeah. sacks. That was their full season, basically, in, to, yeah. in, in 2019. Uh, again, I mean, if Harris is going to throw 40, 45 times a game, they're still going to be able to put up numbers. It's just a case of whether mm-hmm. they're going to be able to finish those drives. And again, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Settling for field goals makes it really hard to win football games. Now they have James Wilder Jr., so I mean, those pass, like, it, yeah, he's throwing the ball 40 times, but I mean, James Wilder Jr. Is, is getting a lot of targets out of the backfield as well, which, I mean, takes a little bit of stress off. He's not having to throw it 30 yards down the field. Right. Uh, you know, kind of a release valve in James Wilder Jr., and that can kind of slow down a pass rush, too. Uh, and, like, with Armani Edwards out, like you said, Tavon Smith, Mike Jones could, and he's already getting lots of opportunities. I think he bumps up the depth chart a bit. Uh, you know, he averages 12.5 against BC, which is a quiet 12.5, because Mike Jones was buried in Hamilton. And especially if you're throwing the ball 40 times a game, that means that your O-line is getting beat to crap. by the de- Like, they're the ones getting hit. At some point, you're gonna, if you're throwing the ball that much, you're bound to give up sacks. And if, if they can protect Trevor Harris and give him a chance to find his big-name receivers, which everybody was kind of banking on, they're going to give themselves a way better chance, obviously. But, I mean, just it hasn't been there this year. I don't know what it is. Maybe they should have paid somebody <laughs> and you know not signed another guy at his position, but that's besides the point. <laughs> They've been great. Uh, at run blocking, I mean the pass protection yep. just—it's it, been struggling. Uh, it looks like Kyle Saxlid yep. could return this week. That'll be big for them. Sir Vincent Rogers looks like he is out of COVID protocol, still on the six-game injured list. If they get those two guys back onto the roster, it should make a big difference yep. for Edmonton. But oh, they yeah. don't want to—they don't want to fall behind <laughs> any no. more than they than they already have. Like when when Mike Jones is. Leading your team in receiving and how dare you besmirch the good name of Mike Jones? Look, I I like Jones. My, he's he's my one leading scorer from last week for twelve points. <laughs> he's one of those guys that all of a sudden he'll just have like a fifty-yard touchdown and it and it looks completely yep. different. But when yep. when it's Greg Ellingson and a guy that's familiar with Trevor Harris and a guy that. Is familiar with Jamie Elizondo. He's almost invisible mm-hmm. on the field, and I know he'll tell you, yeah. "Hey, as long as the team is doing well and I'm doing my role, I'm okay not getting the ball." But they got to figure that out. Yeah, his role isn't exactly a decoy. No, I mean <laughs> his role is a number one or number two option on almost every play. He's not getting a, a ton of opportunities. He's not putting up big numbers, and it makes it tough. Uh, you know, guys want to compete. They want to win. They want to contribute. And if you're not winning, but you can say you had a good game, yeah, it's not ideal. But if you're doing everything in your power that you can, it makes you feel a little better. But when you can't, when you're not putting up huge numbers and stuff, and the team isn't successful, it it almost feels like it's your fault. The BC Lions offensive line could be without Riker Matthews and Hunter Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the Elks Hunter go. Hunter Stewart gets hurt all the time. <laughs> as far as uh, Edmonton goes, defensive backfield could be without Jonathan Rose. That is a situation to mm-hmm. watch. Ty, I don't understand this line. The Stamps nope. are 
one and a half point favorites over the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, over under at 45 and a half. Montreal beat Calgary twice in 2019, actually. But the big news is Bolivai Mitchell going to the six game injured list. Played with a broken fibula <laughs> last week. Hey, I, I, <laughs> hey, Tiger Woods won a U.S. Open. With a broken leg. It can be done. <laughs> Bo, I think Bo even mentioned that, saying that Tiger did a little bit did. better than uh <laughs> well, better I mean, than Tiger I was also playing Rocco Mediate, so, I mean, does it really count? <laughs> but this is a... Uh, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, in 2019, we kind of thought the stamps were done because the unknown, Nick Arbuckle, was taking over. But now... Mm-hmm. Michael O'Connor goes in and things are all of a sudden pretty crucial for Calgary as well. (laughs) Edmonton and Calgary, they're both on the ropes right now. Bo's a big loss for that team. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's huge. You know, he knows every piece of that. He knows every in and out of that offense. He he knows it like the back of his hand right now. You got a guy coming in who's never started. Unproven. He's going to have a chance, obviously, but I just don't see, and I get it where, you know, if a guy can take that job in camp, totally support it. It's tough, though, when you can only have three or, sorry, two quarterbacks on a game day roster, and you got to make that decision, and you don't have a veteran backup. Like, I mean, if Michael O'Connor would have had to come into that game last week, I mean, it still doesn't look great. Uh, you know, that's the one wrinkle with this new rule where you can't have that third string guy holding the clipboard and, you know, learning for a season or two before, you know, he gets into some real game action. Uh, but I, I just see the Owls defense kind of teeing off here because that offense already looked out of sync and now they got a new quarterback and I think it, it it's going to be much of the same. Well, and that's the thing here. Michael O'Connor was with... Uh... With Toronto last, there mm-hmm. there haven't been guys that have been behind Bo Mitchell for several years trying to uh, understand the offense, that have yep. experience in the offense. And uh, I know that he he won a Vanier Cup. He was with, uh, with Penn State, uh, ended up winning that Vanier Cup with the UBC Thunderbirds. Uh, we're pretty confident that Bo is not going to start here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we know that for sure. <laughs> I don't think that one will be will be changed on us. I'm excited to see what he can do, but Bo couldn't really get in sync with his receivers no. so far this year. The big week two had a lot to do with him being unable to uh, mm-hmm. to uh, deliver the ball properly, but. How in sync can Michael O'Connor be when he's only been with the the team for five or six weeks? Well, I think a part of that, too, with, with Bo, is he loses Breskison, Bagleton's gone, Eric Rogers gone. Like, you know, your three... I know Kamar Jordan comes back, That's and he's he's been putting on... He's started off great, but you got these guys that were not getting a lot of regular playing time now, and I think that... Yeah kind of you know we talk about again the consistency in a, in a player group and all that stuff it, a lot has changed in Calgary and you know it kind of got kind of went on the radar because everybody's Bo will be healthy they still have Kamar they still have Hergie Mayala and all this but they lost you know three pretty big options in that offense so I think Michael Connor coming in 
where he he doesn't have that familiarity with with guys that aren't there anymore and having to relearn it. He's just known this group, so that might actually help him a little bit. But I, I just think you know the inexperience and everything. I just that that could start showing uh, early, especially against this defense. They're going to be keeping to give the ball to Kadeem Carey, I think, probably mm-hmm. even more to try and support the young quarterback. He's got 29 carries through two games. That's that's fourth in the league. Uh, the two guys above him have 30, so he's right in the mix uh, for the, the busiest running back in the league. They have been giving the ball to Ante Milanovic-Litre lately, and man, oh, with, with, thank, with... Thank you, Dustin Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> with with hair like that, I mean, how how can you not give him the ball more? Yeah, and I mean, if that spells carry a little bit and can keep him healthy, and they're still able to move the ball, and and you kind of have, I, I don't want to say a two headed monster out of the backfield, but a guy who who can contribute in a in a smaller role to help, you know, take some of the pressure off carry. That only helps your offense. Yeah, and it's not like he comes in. And you know that they're. It's not like Chris Trevler, where Chris Trevler would come in. You know that they're probably not passing the ball, right? It's not like on the goal line with Jerome Bettis of the Steelers, where you know that they're running the ball. This is a guy where, you know, he can, he's caught catches out of the backfield. He can still run. They they can you know uh, run the play action, do all that stuff, and he can still contribute, still give carry the break that he needs, and. You know, the offense does not seem to miss that much. Montreal beat up Edmonton in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And they're going to mm-hmm. do their best to do the same uh, against Calgary. Almondo Sewell had a big impact on that game. Don't don't kid yep. yourself. There was there was the roughing the passer, there was the sack late in the late in the day, but Edmonton really made an effort to Double team him, and that that freed and all up. All that your, does all that does is create holes in your line. Yeah, Antonio Simmons was having fun back there. Yeah. Nick Usher had an impact as well. And if they're going to do the same against Calgary, it's not going to be a, a fun day at the office for Michael O'Connor. No, not at all. Uh, you know, Sewell and Usher alone on that in that defensive front. You got to pick one of them. You, you can't double team both, unless you know you're keeping in Carey or Lee Trey to to chip in the backfield. So one of those guys is going to have a single matchup on the offensive line, and they're you know they're going to win some of those matchups and cause O'Connor a lot of trouble. Vernon Adams Jr. is a intriguing pick here for the Montreal Alouettes because this is. This is new territory. The the Stampeders have struggled in pass defense so far this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, 348 yards in the air against per game. 9.9 yards per pass happening. And Montreal had 10 yards per passing gain against Edmonton in week one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If they're they're just going to come out and throw the ball against Calgary, they could get ahead here pretty fast. Yeah, and, you know, you start throwing the ball early. It it makes defenses back off. And, oh, we have William Stanback in the backfield, a guy who can cause a lot of trouble for any defense in this league. If they're passing the ball and they're gaining first downs, 
on yeah. almost every pass, it seems. Uh, you know, that those DBs, that, that defensive secondary is going to get wore out real quick if that opens up stuff for Stanback later on in the game where he, if he can get through that first level and get to the secondary, they're going to have a hard time stopping him. Oh, I, I really like uh, the value that uh, B.J. Cunningham gives you. He, he only He's only averaged nine and a half points against uh, Calgary in his fantasy career. But uh, when when he's one of those cheap options in Montreal and they already showed that, yeah, they were going to throw him the ball uh, mm-hmm. against Edmonton. He's right back into the lineup and. It's basically the same offense that we saw in 2019. They made a big point of it on the broadcast that Vernon Adams Jr. flew his basically entire offense. Uh, The guys he wanted to be in sync with to Seattle, put them up in a hotel, got them massages, got them meals. And (laughs) I don't know. It's almost like we forgot Eh, maybe overlooked Montreal a little bit. Everybody's looking at the Hamilton Tiger Cats. All the pressure is on mm-hmm. the Tiger Cats hosting the Grey Cup this year. The Alouettes yep. look like a team that wants that Eastern crown. Yeah, they've come out so winging. Uh, and like we said, last couple years they've been, or last year, last season they were really fun to watch, and they still are. It's only been one game, yeah, but. Uh, you talk about B.J. Cunningham at 10, averages 10.8 during his career, 9.5 against Calgary. And he's, yeah, a great option, cheap at, uh, or relatively cheap at 62.42. Don't sleep on Jake Winnicky either. No, no. At, at just over, or just under 5,300 bucks, uh, 10.7 against the Stamps. So, I mean, he puts, and he's such, he's a red zone target. Uh it's just one of those things. Eugene Lewis leads the way at 13 points against Calgary, but I mean, any one of those three, uh, Lewis is obviously the most expensive out of the three, but I mean, any one of those three this week could put up pretty big numbers. It's just, they could all cut, catch touchdown and it could all be a moot point. But I mean, your, your best option, I think, are Winnicky or Cunningham just based on, on the, uh, on the targets on where they get them on the field. Montreal actually ran the ball more than they passed against Edmonton uh, mm-hmm. in week two. And, I mean, that's pretty easy to do when William Stanback is getting six yards a carry. Why not just keep giving him the ball? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, he's averaging 12.1 throughout his career, only 6.3 against Calgary. But, I mean, you look at the teams that he's gone against uh, in Calgary, and, I mean, those are completely different. De- those are completely different teams, it feels like, compared to the one we're seeing in the first two games of this season. But like you said, they come out throwing the ball. I, I just don't see that trend continuing. Like, yeah, they're going to throw the ball, but, I mean, when that defensive front of Calgary is playing like it has, where, you know, they haven't been a huge threat, it seems like, I think Stanback could have a real big day. Well, and he's going to have more bigger days on the season. He had a couple uh, tough mm-hmm. drops in the receiving game. Um, if he yeah. cleans those up, <laughs> look out for look anybody out. playing uh, the Montreal Alouettes. Toronto Argonauts, six-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on Saturday. 40.5 is the over-under for this one. I see them uh, bringing down those uh, Winnipeg lines because the defense is in stout this year. And you can't even blame the offense. Like, no, 20 you can't. Points isn't a whole, 20 points isn't a whole heck of a lot, but 
Kalaros is playing well. That offense is producing. Uh, it's the defense that's ruining these over underlines. <laughs> which I mean, it. Which I mean, we expected them to be real good. Obviously, we expected them to keep yeah. points down, but we also expected the offense to suck. Other than you know Andrew Harris and maybe Darvin Adams, just because of who the quarterback was. But hey, Zach Kalaros still hasn't lost as a starter for the Bombers, so maybe we need to clean up our act. Wow, he he threw the one interception and then the one in garbage time against Toronto. Zach Kalaros is looking very very good, and mm-hmm. he's been—I I don't like it. He's been moving around the pocket well. He's been he's been very accurate. Honestly, I, I look at the the schedule, and I I just don't see Winnipeg losing soon. Yep. No, I I see them sweeping Labor Day in the Banjo Bowl and just running away with this division. Whoa. <laughs> They're go- they they could go fourteen and zero, and I think after these first two weeks of what we've seen and how they played in the playoffs last year or in twenty nineteen, nobody's going to be that surprised. No. I, <laughs> yeah, that's the question. When is Zach Caleros going to lose a start uh, as a Winnipeg yeah. Blue Bomber? Uh, they end up releasing... Maybe, maybe never. <laughs> maybe never. never. <laughs> they end up releasing wide receiver Cameron Meredith. Um, I know a lot of people are excited to see him with the blue and gold. I, I feel like Ottawa or Hamilton should be calling some of these receivers. Naaman Roosevelt is still available. I know Hamilton's got yeah. the week off, but th- they all of a sudden... That, that would be the time. You have, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you have a bye week. You got so much practice, man. Yeah, they're off, but Brandon Banks just looks human. Yeah. You know, like how do they change yeah. that? When, when, like, when man, they come I back? don't know. <laughs> it, that is the biggest question I think right now in the league. Mm-hmm. Is what is what what's what is wrong with Brandon Banks? And it's it's weird to see because usually you know. Even a bad game for him was still 100 yards. I know. <laughs> oh, 100 yards. What a loser. Yeah. Ho-hum. <laughs> uh, linebacker Kevin Brown has been brought in uh, by the Bombers. Mm-hmm. Let go, uh, or wasn't re-signed by Ottawa. And then uh, Edmonton let him go. Probably not a cultural fit there, which means he will succeed in Boo. Winnipeg. <laughs> Because <laughs> the culture in Winnipeg right now is winning. I mean, I, I don't know what they're trying to build in Edmonton, but it just suck not being able to fly. Like that'd be such a long road trip to <laughs> go to Winnipeg just to be on the practice roster. <laughs> That's why they hit so hard. They're not in good moods, man. <laughs> yeah, they're all cramped up and stiff necks from being on a bus for thirteen hours from Fargo. <laughs> Uh, Darvin Adams has returned to practice this week, and that can only be good things. That can only mean good things yep. for Zach Kalaros as well. It yep. kind of looks like the the offense has started running through Kenny Lawler instead of Andrew Harris. 20 targets through two weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and then you bring Darvin Adams in. Rashid Bailey has... Getting involved in uh, the receiving game as well. Add Darvin back into the mix, and maybe Kalaros could have some big games right away. 
right? And I mean, you get the ball to Darwin. He's not he's not Brandon Banks, but he is can still break huge plays, and we've <laughs> seen it. Uh, you get the ball to Darwin Adams and a little bit of space. He can make guys miss uh, and get get you a big game. Uh, you know, take take plays that didn't seem like anything and turn them into 20, 25 yarders, touchdowns, whatever. Uh, it adds a new wrinkle into that offense. And like you said, Kenny Lawler has been a huge part, especially with Andrew Harris out. Uh, Rashid Bailey, Nick Dembski still the Swiss Army knife. Like they got receivers here, uh, you know, and Kalaros is starting to throw the ball a little more and, and becoming the Zach Kalaros that we saw uh, in Hamilton before all the injuries happened, uh, which is nice to see. Don't get me wrong. It just sucks that he's doing it in Winnipeg. But, <laughs> right? But, I mean, if he's going to have – if they're going to add more weapons to that receiving core when they already have ones that are really good, I mean, it only bodes well. And, you know, Andrew Harris working out by himself, so, you know, nobody's keeping an eye on, on you know, what's going on. <laughs> just gonna... he just, you just couldn't let it go. Could not. No, I never will. <laughs> well, man, we'll be doing this podcast. There's no way they test your sample. Years. There's no way they test uh, test you again and you fail it. Oh, it's, t- it's still tainted. No, <laughs> dude, come on. <laughs> like if he just admitted it, I would not care. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> Some veterans have been uh, missing so far from bomber practice this week. A defensive lineman, Jackson Jeffcoat, Stephen Richardson, but we've seen uh, veterans get days off. We'll have to wait mm-hmm. until game day until the depth chart comes out. Nick Dembski, uh, limited with the hip issue. He's been having a nice season so far. And I only want to mention Drew Walatarski not practicing yet because he has a thorax injury. I'll be honest, Ty, I didn't no. know I had a thorax. <laughs> What'd you call me? <laughs> I I thought that was a thing on insects, not humans. But man, that, it doesn't sound good. Whatever it is, <laughs> we, we need to read a book. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Argos. Where uh, congrats goes to Natea J. He's joining Mike Hogan in the booth for TSN. Mm-hmm. 1050. It'll be fun to hear him. And MLSE requir- requiring proof of vaccination starting in mid-September. So uh, if you want to go to an Argos game or any any other game under that MLSE banner, well, you'll, you'll need to get uh, the old needle in the arm. Uh, at the time of recording, the Argos have not named a starting quarterback for this game against Winnipeg. Now, Arbuckle got the reps on Tuesday. It's expected that McLeod Bethel-Thompson will get them. I don't think it matters. Yeah, I, I don't think it does either. And I, and I know <laughs> pro football pro football isn't fair, but McLeod Bethel-Thompson had a, a great start, goes into Calgary, gets the win, looked a little bit different against Winnipeg. And mm-hmm. uh, I think part of the problem is that it is Winnipeg. Um, yeah, they're saying that Nick Arbuckle is a hundred percent. It looked to me like he was limping around the field a little bit uh, against Winnipeg. So I, I'm not really convinced on yeah. on that note. If if I had to bet, it's probably going to be Nick Arbuckle. But uh, they're they're the guy they're paying. Uh, 
they're paying more. They're more invested in. So they, they really want yeah. that to pan out. And he had a full practice on Tuesday. Uh, so I think all signs are kind of pointed to him getting getting the start. Ryan Dinwiddie doesn't want to get too behind. The, in the East now with Hamilton going 0-2, I mean, right. it's kind of open for, for teams, maybe not to win that division, but, I mean, Toronto can, you know, if they can get if they can win this week, very unlikely in my opinion. But if they can get to two and one, and you know, maybe three and one next week, like I mean, it just it just opens up so much where they can kind of start to get a hold on second place, uh, depending on what Ottawa does, of course, and and if if Hamilton's able to bounce back. I mean, Hamilton already owned two, so I mean, there's a chance. But they got they got to win football games. They 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 got to take this chance early on in the year and and you know start banking some wins. Uh, because injuries are going to happen throughout the year. Guys are going to get banged up and miss time or, or not be as productive, and, and it's going to get tougher to win games as the season goes on, so you gotta you got to bank those wins while you can. Now, that being said, it, it is the Bombers' defense, so good luck. Well, something was a bit surprising in Week 2 in, in the way that the Argos had a uh, 100-yard rushing game against the Bombers, and it's not something that they've Mm -hmm. given up very often. John White had nine yards a carry. He had a nice touchdown run. It was followed up by a fumble. Yeah, I was just going to say. If they want to beat Winnipeg, they got to limit those turnovers the best they can. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. To beat Winnipeg, you have to win the trench battle, which is really hard against that offensive line. You have to win the turnover battle, which a lot of teams don't do against Winnipeg. And you have to be able to stop the run. Two out of three ain't bad. But if you're going to, if you're not going to win, if you're going to turn the ball over after scoring, like the very next carry after scoring a touchdown and just, yeah, you know, lose all that momentum, it's not going to bode well. They also need to limit penalties, the Argos. They've been penalized 27 times, the second most in the CFL to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, And they're going to be without Jawan Breskison for a while. Mm -hmm. That that looked pretty nasty. I'd probably be out for the season if that were me, the the knee injury there. Um, Maybe uh, Martavis Bryant can clean his act up and (laughs) might be able to look at get a spot. (laughs) And they have released Odell Willis. Uh, he didn't yeah. really get into any games. He probably won't be a cultural fit in Edmonton, even though they could use a little bit better of a, a pass rush after he, after week he two. He was on the suspended list. Yeah. Like, no wonder they were able to keep all these guys for so long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One player I want to watch for Toronto, Ty, is Daniel Braverman. Mm-hmm. Arbuckle comes into the game. This is after Breskison uh, ends up getting hurt. He has nine targets, ends up with eight catches, 50 yards. He's involved in the return game. He had uh, two punt returns, two kickoff returns. This might be a guy to watch in the Argo offense. Uh, yeah, just a bit. Uh, <laughs> no, he's averaging 13.1 points, 15.4 in the games that he's played against Winnipeg. So, And he's obviously becoming an option for these quarterbacks in Toronto. Uh, and like you said, with with Breskison out now for what could be a while, it, it just you know it's going to bump up his opportunities. The Rough Riders are ten and a half point favorites against the Ottawa Red Blacks. I the, I am not taking that bait. 
That that's exactly what it is, Ty. It's bait, isn't it? Yeah, been there, done that, got that T-shirt. No, what, thank you. What bait are you going with? The big old juicy earthworm? Are you going with the minnow? Are you going with the marshmallow? No, man. Black diamond cheddar. <laughs> I'm so glad you knew what I was talking about. I don't. Has anybody caught anything with the marshmallows? I, I I'm not convinced. If they have, they're lying to you. <laughs> Now, these two teams split the season series in 2019. You'll remember Don, Dominic Davis just mm-hmm. looking like Doug Flutie early in the season against He, was, he basically against the won Riders. the MOP. <laughs> basically put him in front. There was, only one, there was only one way to go after that for Don yeah, Davis. that's true. And it was very predictable. <laughs> Tough news for the Riders is... Shaq Evans has hit the six-game injured list. It does appear that Paul McRoberts uh, will make the roster. I I know Ryder fans have been excited to see him over Mm -hmm. the last two training camps. But does this just leave an opening for Braden Linnaeus? They continued to throw him the ball in week two. You do it again. and just can't keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Just naming all of Ty's picks? I mean, without without Shaq Evans, they're, they're... Yep. They look like this guy is going to be having a breakout season. It looks that way. And, I mean, Picton put up decent numbers last week, too. Uh, you know, so some, these Shaq Evans, those targets are going somewhere. And and maybe maybe not just, you know, on one guy. Still got Kyron Moore. Still got Jordan Williams, Lambert, Lenius, Picton. Those, those are going to get spread out. Guys are going to get, you know, two or three more targets a game. And what they can do with it is up to them. But I mean, that this opens up. An opportunity, like you said, for McRoberts to come in. People have been excited excited to see him. Uh, I don't think Shaq Evans is as big as a loss now as he would have been, you know, a season or two ago. And that's not taking anything away from Shaq Evans. I just mean the guys they have around him now are just that much better. Where he is not the only guy who's able to get stuff done in that receiving core. Man, they even got the touchdown to Mitchell Pickton. In week two, it it looks like Jordan Williams Lambert will slide into uh, Evans' spot on the depth chart. Yeah, Kyron Moore, I think, is going to be the guy that has the biggest game out of anybody, though. He's going to be the number one option, at least I think so. uh, Going forward, without without Shaq Evans, Swerve will be exciting, exciting to watch. And after watching week two, there's balance. In uh, the Rough Rider mm-hmm. offense, they ran the ball 26 times. Fajardo passed the ball 25 times. No turnovers, two touchdowns through the air. Put of up course, 30 points. Yeah, uh, of course, seven of the carries were also Fajardo and was a rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. So you're happy to see that in your lineup. I, I know some fans didn't want to see it late in the game when they're up by three scores, but that's what Fajardo does, and I don't think he'd want it any other way. Yep. Health be damned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't like, want a guy to stop playing his game just based on you know time and score. Uh, you know, You don't want to change too much. You get in a rhythm, it's really hard to break it, right? So I got, I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan uh, of it just because, like, oh, man, like, all it takes is one one hit. We, we've we seen that, you know, I, 
I, know, I don't want to keep bringing other sports up, but I, I watched a football life last night. It was a Bill Belichick episode, and they talked about, you know, Welker and Randy Moss in the last game of the season. We don't want to push them too much. Maybe, you know, a couple series and we get them out. And, well, in the first series, Welker tears his ACL mm-hmm. in the last game of the season when they'd already clinched the division. And so that's kind of what it was like with that. But, I mean, I'm not going to fault the guy for wanting to put up points. I get it. And, and you're not you're not going to stop yourself. Like, you're not... You're not just going to not do it. Well, how many ACLs were torn just uh, working out? So, <laughs> oh, Non-contact injury. For the most part, ACL injuries are, right? Yeah, yeah. If, if you're going to be afraid of getting hurt on every play, then you probably are going to get hurt. So, Oh, if you're afraid of getting hurt, then you probably shouldn't be playing professional sports. <laughs> and I, I think Fajardo plays a little bit better hurt. <laughs> yeah, he gets, he gets that grit. I think he feels more comfortable when Maybe. he's got a little bit of soreness going on. Are you saying that me being sore from playing video games is different than him being sore from taking numerous hits throughout a game? You know what? If if you talk to I active, feel like crap. <laughs> if you talk to active people, they'll they'll say that soreness you get from the gym is good. No pain, no gain. Yeah, no, I'm good. I, I think soreness from playing the show for 16 hours on a Sunday that that I can pi- be. Cons- I pinched a nerve in my back last year <laughs> because that's how crappy the chairs are at this camp. <laughs> Well, maybe get up and do a push-up once in a while. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you can even go on your knees, Ty. You can even go on your knees for those. Um. <laughs> I'm not saying. <laughs> uh, interesting to know that Cody Fajardo is zero for eight on the long ball this year. But under 20 mm-hmm. yards, he's been money, 86.5%. Uh, let's see if they can get the deep pass going here. They're definitely going to want to get that going, but do they need to with uh, the way the offense has been clicking so far? I, I think that's dependent on the defense and what they're taking away from you. Uh, you know, If yeah. they're going to yeah. press up and take away that underneath, you know, you can establish the run. Maybe you're able to get a couple underneath passes. They start biting a little more, and then you can start stretching the field. Uh, I don't think you do it just because you you have to. You, you want your percentage better. I think you got to wait and see what the defense gives you and capitalize on on uh, on what they're doing. Uh, if they're going to play, if they're going to focus on that underneath stuff, then yeah. I mean, by all means, uh, you're it's going to be a lot easier to complete those deep passes. So far, the Riders have given up 79 rushing yards. Um, the total? I, yes. <laughs> Jesus. So that's almost not... Almost nice. That's not... Yeah, almost. That's not, that's not good news for Ottawa. Um, no. You know, if you look at... <laughs> Is there any good news in Ottawa other than the fact they somehow pulled a win out of their hat against Edmonton? Man, let's be honest. If you look at Ottawa's uh, injury report, they're quite banged up as well. Abdul Kana is is hurt. He was their MOP against Edmonton in Week One. Anthony Coombs is limited. (laughs) Sherrod Baltimore limited. Brendan Galanders Galanders didn't practice. 
So it's going to be Timothy Flanders looking like uh, to carry the ball. He did have, what, 13 carries against Edmonton. And Matt Nichols only had the 71 passing yards. So last week we had the prop bet. Um, (laughs) Nathan Rourke was outscored by the Calgary Stampeders defense, probably the worst, uh, most anticlimactic bet of all time. Suck it, Trev. (laughs) What's the over-under for Matt Nichols' passing yards this week? 125.5. Okay, what are you taking? I'm taking the over. All right, just for fun, I'll take the under. Let's see what happens. Well, I mean, you look at what you look at what Saskatchewan secondary looked like in that second half against BC, and it's like, what are you doing? That's true. <laughs> so, you know, I I don't think it's wise to underestimate Ottawa, and uh, that is uh, that's the problem yeah. here for Saskatchewan. The defense Why you play the games. The defense can beat you up. So yes. look out look out for Ottawa's defense. But what will it take for them to get respect? Are are they the Rodney Dangerfield of the CFL? They're last <laughs> in the power rankings. And uh How are they last? And Edmonton, Calgary, and Hamilton can't do anything right right now. Well, and Edmonton. <laughs> Like they beat Edmonton. How are they below them in the power rankings? I don't know. I don't know. We gotta get. We gotta get. I. I know. Uh, we. We. We haven't said many kind things about Ottawa this season, but uh, give them that. Well, they haven't given us reason least. to. <laughs> yeah, I know. They should be. They should be. I would say seventh. Yeah. What would it take for you to have an Ottawa player in your fantasy lineup, Ty? Um. Let me just check. Make sure I don't have one right now. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not going to happen this year. At all this year? I don't think. I, I don't think so. Maybe when they play Toronto. I think eventually keeps... I'll probably get a running back in. <laughs> I am not taking Timothy Flanders or Brennan Glanders. That's not a thing that's going to happen. The way prices are going, man. That's going to have to happen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, what's your fantasy lineup looking like, by the way? Uh, Vernon Adams Jr. Why, okay, why are quarterbacks so damn expensive? It's oh, getting ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, James Wilder Jr., Kadeem Carey, Braden Linius, Kenny Lawler. Still, you know, for the amount of targets he gets, it's $6,200. I mean, how do you not? Yeah, uh, still going to ride that Mike Jones train and the Winnipeg defense. All right, I've got Michael Riley, Chris Rainey, Kadeem Carey, Brian Burnham, Shy Ross, Daniel Braverman mm. in my flex, and uh, the Montreal Alouette defense. Uh, <laughs> wondering if they're going to be able to feast on Michael O'Connor a little bit uh, at. I McMahon also signed Stadium. up for Bet Regal because they're the only they're the only website that put out lines on Sunday. I put a hundred bucks in my account, and then they gave me a free hundred dollars. So what Ooh. I did, what I did was I put fifty bucks on a three-game parlay with the uh, Al's to cover, obviously, and Winnipeg, and I want to say Saskatchewan to win. And then that hundred-dollar free bet credit they gave me, I put it all on Montreal to cover. 
<laughs> oh, I so they're going to have no money left. Maybe they're going to have no money left, and I'll just, you know, never go on my account again. Or I might have money to play with for a couple of weeks. I thought you were going to go all in on everything on Montreal. I think that's what I might do. I, like I didn't think about that. <laughs> uh, the Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge going on this week. Man, I had a horrible week last week. Uh, lost the Safamod from the Piffles podcast. I think the final score was like 54-49. Like, what a joke of a week. I'm 0-2. What is this, the NBA in the 90s? <laughs> I'm 0-2 going into a matchup with Ryan of the Canadian Football Countdown. Good luck to him, but my, my season is just looking terrible. I'm... I'm off to a bad start. I don't think he's going to need a lot of luck. (laughs) Who are you picking to win the games this week? BC, Montreal, obviously. I think Montreal covers no problem, uh, especially with that line moving as much as it has. Uh, Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. Yeah, I got the exact same picks for Pick'em this week, which means a solid 1-3 or 0-4. Is uh <laughs> yeah, but like, that line for BC or that line for Montreal Calgary opened at plus three BC and now it's only down to plus one point five after Bo goes on the sixth game and Michael Connor is named a starter. Like I jump, I I never placed a bet quicker than I did on that. Maybe Montreal's the one not getting the respect here. Yeah, <sighs> quite yet. That, that that made that made no sense to me. Uh, I get it. You're not just going to move a line without money going down. You can, but I mean, it, it's not the most ideal way. But people, I don't know, maybe people aren't using Bet Regal. I don't know, but it's uh, yeah. That line did not move like I expected it to. I expected it to be off the board and then reset, but they didn't do that. So I took full advantage. This episode of Tune Out brought to you by ATB and hosted by Todd Hirsch, ATB Financial's Vice President and Chief Economist. The Future of Podcast has launched its second season by connecting with industry leaders to uncover what's on the horizon for the things that mean the most to you. The Future of Podcast promises to give you insights to help navigate what is often an uncertain future. Explore how our economy and communities can not only brace for change, but embrace the opportunity it creates. Subscribe to The Future Of in the Apple Store, Google Play, Spotify, and everywhere podcasts are found. And connect with us at atb.com slash thefutureof. Enjoy week three in the CFL season. We'll be back Monday morning recapping all the fun. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.